First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. Whatever problem we're facing today is just nothing, you know, but many times we just allow all the troubles of this world to take so much of our time and efforts. There's nothing like thinking in light of eternity. She is an Albanian believer who came to faith in Christ in a country that had been historically atheistic, and now she's part of Proclaiming Christ every day on radio and TV. You'll meet Encolata Shelburne here on First Person. Welcome, I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. This week's interview will begin shortly. We appreciate you joining us for these conversations, which tell the story of people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ and serve Him with their calling. Anytime you'd like to provide feedback to what you hear, you can visit our Facebook page and leave a comment or suggestion. We're easy to find at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Let's meet our guest. Ankeleta Shelburne's home is Albania, which for decades was one of the countries most opposed to Christianity. You will hear how it was that she gave her life to Christ after being raised in that culture. And you'll also hear how she was called of God to begin both a radio and television ministry in her homeland and beyond, known as Media 7. Enkeleta joined me online to tell her story. Media 7 is a radio station network in the countries of Albania, Kosovo, and North Macedonia in the Balkan region of Europe. And... Um, we um, operate a 24-7 television channel. This is our seventh year of broadcasting of the TV7 and 20 years, over 20 years of the radio broadcast. And this is all gospel messages on your stations. Yes, we, um, we speak to an audience that um, um, has different views about Christianity. Most of the time it is not... Christianity is in, is um, is introduced in the wrong way to them. Mm-hmm. They need to really change their view. Yeah. Well, the story of of Albania uh, is in just an amazing story in and of itself. And then along comes the miracle of the organization you founded, Media Seven, with these radio stations and TV station, uh, speaking the gospel into a culture that was so atheistic for so very long. I mean, that had to be a radical change of heart and mind. Yes, yes, that that's correct. You know, I uh, I grew up in, in uh, Albania during uh, the communists. Uh, when I was born, there was no even one building, church building. Hmm. There, everything was destroyed. There is no, we couldn't uh, mention the name of God. We can't, couldn't say any any word connected to Christianity. And we didn't know anything until uh, the 1991, when the, the walls fell down and the first missionaries came in the country. Albania was the closest, one of the most closed countries and uh, can be compared to uh, North Korea mm-hmm. today. Yeah. You know, the other, uh, the other part of Eastern Europe, they had like an official church, usually the Orthodox church, which was controlled, but they had something. They had the holy books um, that didn't happen in Albania. Mm. So you started from scratch, so to speak, right? Oh, yeah. I became a believer uh, watching 700 Club. 
And I didn't have any Christian or anyone around me who could share and tell me more. So my only connection with God that I heard for the first time, uh, it was just the 30-minute program on TV. And I prayed the prayer of salvation. And then uh, Pat Robertson would say on the program, read your Bible or mention Bible verses. I didn't have a Bible. <laughs> and the Bible was not translated. There were portions of the scriptures that were translated at that time. So it took me a year and a half to find the New Testament portions of the scripture, pieces of scriptures. And uh, it took me four years to find a church. It was a time when uh, the churches were, the first missionaries came, the first evangelistic meetings were happening, and the first groups were coming together. I didn't have any Christian friend. I didn't have anything for four years. It was just a program on TV and uh, uh, the Bible after a year and a half. And then it took me four years to to join a body of believers mm -hmm. and when we, when i first uh, began to work in christian uh radio we had only six cds of christian music it was all in english and think of a 24 7 uh radio station <laughs> with only six cds of some uh, that were uh, donated by some uh, missionaries and uh, there were only very few books. When I first came to church, there were only like five books translated. So here I am, um, a young believer that wanted to grow in faith, but there was not much. And uh, many times when we went to Bible school, the, the Old Testament was not translated at that time. So we had to keep notes. And translations varied so much from the teachers, you know, and whoever was translating them, if they were somebody speaking in Italian. Uh, so it was, it was that time uh, where we didn't have very much, but in terms of resources to grow uh, in our knowledge of the Lord. Um, but we had um, such a fire in our hearts and a deep, a deep desire to know that God that were denied for such a long time and were lied for such a long time uh, about believers and how they're and why they believe and why their life is like it is. And which, to be honest with you, I miss those times. We really didn't have very much, but uh, we really uh, loved the Lord. And we just, get fed uh, by staying in his presence and worshiping him and um, letting him heal our hearts and speak to us. And whatever we knew, we were very excited to share. So there were, I honestly, I miss those times, you know, <laughs> I can we, understand we were that. very close. Uh, yeah. And we were not, we're, I was a student in university. I had more time than I have now, but uh, we really spend a lot of time with one another as a body of believers and worshiping the Lord, praying and sharing our faith with others. That's really interesting. Uh, I, I, I love hearing your story in Kaleda, and I met you a number of years ago and uh, two of your sisters, your, your two sisters, I don't know if they're more or not, but I've met two of them, uh, and you all serve together and you all know the Lord now, so but you were the first in your family to come to Christ? Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, you're correct. I have two other sisters, and uh, many times I tell my parents, I wish you have had at least three more children because <laughs> we need more people to work. <laughs> uh, somehow I work really well with the children of my parents. <laughs> yeah, you are a great team together uh, there at the ministry. I'm very, absolutely very blessed with my sisters. They both uh, serve in ministry, and if I didn't have their support and the support of uh, my whole family and uh, a lot of my uh, great friends and uh, believers, you know, we're like family here it's yes we we work together and we do not agree all the time together but uh we're like family we truly love each other and we truly care for each other each other and support each other and uh, you know that's my philosophy with uh, everybody i i pray and i share we have a every morning we have a prayer time together with our staff and I share that I don't know uh, what God has for your life. And this is what it's, I'm very happy you're here now. I don't know for how long, but whatever, it doesn't matter how much time we, I want to, I want this place to be a blessing for your walk with God, because what's important is that you fulfill the will of God. Now that's wherever he sends you. And that's the most important thing in your life. You know, just follow Jesus. And for this time, Jesus has you here. We want to do our best to to bless you and and get closer to the Lord. And that's my prayer for myself. You know, I'm not, I'm here because I truly believe the Lord has placed me in this place for this season, for this time. And uh, when he wants me to do something else, I'll happy to do what God wants me to do. I'm not interested on anything else. Hmm. No. It's beautiful. It really is. How God prepares us for uh, his assignment in life, and you have found that calling very interesting. Now, your own personal story in Kaleda parallels the the growth of the church in Albania, which w- didn't exist when you became a believer, basically. Uh, give us just a sketch of what it's like now for the church in your country. Uh, you know, uh, the church in the country in, in Albania has been uh, for like 30 years. But it's not. It was not like a normal thirty-year growth because, as I shared, we didn't have scripture translated. With there, those first years was a lot of transition. The country went through a lot of transition. We had a civil war um, five years after uh, the freedom of religion, and then we had another. The Balkan War, the war in Kosovo, affected the country as well. Uh, so the church in Albania, it's growing. Is not growing uh, as fast as before, but it's growing. And it's like um, a young adult, I would say, uh, right now that is, um, is, is going deeper in the knowledge. I, I think one of the, um, uh, the biggest needs we have here is for mentors, mentors and spiritual parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel uh, so blessed in my life because the Lord brought in my life uh, a lot of women and men who um, who could t- um, who mentored me, who helped me show the way through their lives. It's uh, you know, many times I felt like we are uh, spiritual orphans. You know, I was gr- I was raised by two very loving parents. 
they uh, gave me everything, but they couldn't give me anything when in terms of spiritual heritage because they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So my parents became believers uh, very late in life. And we really needed this generation that have seen the faithfulness of God that lived with the Lord. And they walked uh, through life in good times and in hard times. And this is something that we really, at uh, this time as a church, uh, what because we're, I'm a first generation of Christian in this country. And it's we. That's what we lack: the models. This is what we really, truly need: the the true models of servants of the Lord, because the Lord is coming. That's for sure. Are we ready ourselves? And what are we doing for His kingdom? You know, when you see lives in the light, life in the light of eternity. Any whatever problem we're facing today is just nothing, you know. But many times we just allow all the troubles of this world to take so much of our time and efforts. Uh, there's nothing like stopping and thinking and rethinking life in, in term in light of eternity. We'll continue hearing the life testimony of Enkeleta Shelburne on this edition of First Person. Stay with us. Here's Ed Cannon on the vision for FEBC's weekly podcast. The primary purpose of Until All Have Heard, of course, is to share the experience that FEBC has because we have staff on the ground in so many oppressive places. But in addition to that, we're trying to speak to you in a way that only the kind of testimonies you'll hear from around the globe can do. Discover how the gospel is making a difference around the world. Search for Until All Have Heard on your favorite podcast platform or hear it online at febc.org. My guest is Enkeleta Shelburne, but uh, when I met you, you were not married. Uh, you, know, you found that wonderful husband, and, and uh, you have such a beautiful maiden name. I want you to pronounce your full name as it was when I met you, Enkeleta. So how, pronounce that for me. Uh, Enkeleta Kumaraku. Okay. Which uh, in Albanian it would be the ba- the baptizer. If I would translate it in English, really? my surname would be the baptizer. Though I couldn't know anything about God until I was sixteen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did not know that about your name. That's really interesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now uh, you founded Media Seven. It's not a single radio station. It's multiple radio stations in multiple countries now, and a yes. TV station. Tell me the story. How in the world did you get the idea to start this radio ministry, and how difficult was it to get going? I was very young, and uh, it's, uh, um, I mean, it it was one of those, uh, at the time I was, I was working for the public uh, radio and television, and at the same time I was um, studying in Bible school, and I was praying to the Lord uh, what I was, what was my role in His kingdom. And of course, I always I loved what I was doing in media, and uh, I just I I felt the Lord speaking to my heart that I would like you to be like a trumpet for me, somebody who will be who will be speaking uh, for me. And you know, um, radio is what I knew how to do. Media was something I knew how to do, and I really didn't want to spend the rest of my life uh, just entertaining people. You know. 
which I love to do. I'm happy to do it. Uh, but I really felt that all the gifts and talents God's given to me, I wanted to give back uh, for his glory. And the story is, it was through um, during an Esther fast after the war in Kosovo. We were with um, a group of friends praying for um, for the Lord to heal the land and open the hearts of people. And it was during a worship service uh, that the Lord um, gave me the vision to begin Radio 7. Hmm. And I had, it was uh, very difficult because I was very young. I was uh, 23 years old. Um, How did you convince the government to give you a license to broadcast? Uh, that's a miracle. That's just a miracle in itself. I mean, we just, uh, this is a short time to share all the miracles the Lord has done. It was, I had nothing. Uh, but we were praying and the Lord's, and I was, you know, I was, I, I'm sharing and I'm, I'm too young. I was too young at that time, <laughs> and I was uh, I was really I had really a childish faith, uh, and I truly I was very sincere in my in my heart, and the Lord spoke to me. I asked the Lord to speak to me about everything. The Lord gave me the number seven uh, to be called Radio Seven, Radio Seven, and the frequency. Hmm. And I'm I have the frequency. The Lord spoke to me specifically. It would be called Radio Seven ninety seven point seven FM. There are three sevens and one nine uh, as a symbol of fulfillment and rest for uh, what was His plan for the people of Albania. It uh, it was uh, just a miracle at that time when we submitted all the paperwork and we got the license and uh, we didn't have anybody on our back. We didn't have like a big organization or, and to this day, nobody believes we don't have a big organization <laughs> on our back, you know. Um, this is just funny, but I had, some, you know, our government is very corrupted. So we had some government officials that came here and they told, they asked our uh receptionist we want to meet with the uh, boss and she called me and i met with them and uh i introduced myself to them and i said oh we know you're here but we want to know who is the big boss <laughs> because uh, in media usually uh you never know the real person behind that right <laughs> you know it's uh, a lot of people who shouldn't be there probably but it's because of corruption not only do you have uh, the radio broadcast and the TV broadcast, but you are so actively involved in all sorts of ministry. I read your newsletters yes. that you yeah. send out. Give me just a few examples of how you're serving your country and your in your area of the world. Uh, you know, in many areas, I, as I shared with you when we began the uh, the ministry, there are many are areas in the country where there are no any church, any church presence. Even today, many parts of the country, there's no any church presence, there's no any Christian organization. Uh, so we are, uh, and we're sharing hope. But wh what do you do when you have a listener calling you and saying that their children have not eaten for five days? Oh. Hmm. What do you do when you hear of a child that's, uh, has mm, broken his leg and uh, can be, and they don't have any money to take care of him. So we really felt in our heart that we just cannot only say God loves you. We got, to, we felt in our heart that we are the people that got to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this uh, season. And I thank God for uh, a lot of organizations who partnered with us and supported us when we shared 
all of these needs um, to help our audience. We have a lot, we do a lot of uh, projects. Um, we work a lot with uh, single moms and widows and their children. Uh, it's a long story why they, they are in such a big need, but we have been helping them uh, with um, different courses to learn skills so they could find uh, jobs in the market, help their children with all the needs for the school that they have. And of course, and with that, and we've done a lot of uh, counseling uh, for the children and the widows. And we've been uh, like, um, we have helped a lot in the area of bullism where many of them, many of the children were facing a lot of bullism in the schools. Mm -hmm. Other pro we do a lot of medical outreach as well uh, because medicine is very corrupted. Mm -hmm. Medicine in Albania is super corrupted and we wanted to really uh, serve people in the area of need. There's a big need. And at the same time, uh, we're influencing the medical system uh, at the same time as serving the people. So we're serving the people, and at the same time, we we have American and European doctors, Christian doctors, who come and share their heart, how they pray with the parent, and the, the family, how they pray with um, um, the patient. And uh, because, Albania, because of atheism, there's a very tragic, um, when somebody is sick, or, and especially if it is a terminal disease, it's uh, it's painful for everybody, but this is a tragedy because it's end is it, the end. They do not have hope. So that's that's a great opportunity to share about true and real hope we have in Christ. So we're uh, this is some of the areas that we are influencing our culture, and we believe um, that we should uh, share the gospel with words, which we do through our media. And sometimes just with our deeds, to, so our, our words and our actions match with one another. And that's what um, I feel it's important for, for me personally as a believer and for us as, as a media ministry. So whoever um, thinks of us as Media 7, they know who we are, what we do. And I have so many stories of like for Christmas Troop Project, we had banks who called us that they wanted to give money for a project. We didn't go there to ask for money. They called us and they said, we want to give to this project. And we told, and when I told them, uh, do you want to see our reports of previous years and how we've done everything? They said, no, because we have investigated you and we have no trust issue. <laughs> so I was like, okay, thank God. You know, it's, um, you know, we know we we know that God sees and knows everything, but we live in a very corrupted world. So it's nice to hear all of this. Our guest has been Ankaleta Shelburne, and she has such a wonderful story of coming to faith in Christ and following God's leading in starting Media Seven in Albania. There are many fine people involved in Media Seven, including two of Ankaleta's sisters who are a big part of that ministry. You can read more about Media Seven when you follow the link provided at FirstPersonInterview.com. Taking Christ to the World is also the mission of the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC has a long history and a bright future as they focus on gospel radio and online programming. FEBC has a special emphasis on reaching the unreached with God's message of love and salvation, and you can read more about it at febc.org. Take a few minutes and look at the various testimonies you'll find at the website. Again, that's febc.org. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.